I'm I'm put putting the D D in dad. He puts the dad in D D. But see, no, there's two D's in dad. Yeah, he put there's, the dad in D. Yeah, there's two. Doesn't make it. We get it, but there's no dad there's in two, DD. There's two DDs in dad, so I'm putting the DD in. Oh wait, I'm putting the DDs DD already in dad. That's gross. Again, we already this, did this. This is, a, this is a joke. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be funny, and that's what that is. This is a this is a hilarious yeah. stock market Twitter account putting the dad in D, putting the DD in dad. Major, we're laughing at you, <laughs> not with you. Welcome to the Roots Report. My name is Patrick. I'm Major. And I'm Tim. What are we going to talk about today, Patrick? Well, today, primarily, we're going to do an overview of options, what they are, and how to use them. But before we get into that, I'd also like to go over recent developments with Sheeb and other altcoins, as well as oil Wait, and is it is it called Sheeb or is it called Ship? I've actually... I don't think I've ever said the word out loud before. I've only just texted it in like Discord. It's sheep. I think it's sheep. It's supposed to be Shiba for Shiba Inu. Shiba, like the dog. Uh, Shiba that makes Inu. Sense. Yeah, but its ticker is Shib. Shib. Yeah, which is how I speak. I speak in tickers, uh, and I speak in returns. Um, which uh, report came out today uh, that Shib has gained an incredible twenty-seven million percent year-to-date return so far. As of October 6, 2021. So you bought, uh, sh- you buy as much ship as you can for a dollar on January 1st. And then today you have a 27 million percent return based on this article. Is that ridiculous? So that's like $1 to $270,000? Yeah. From the beginning of this year. Wow. Wish that I is crazy. Put a dollar in. Now, like, yeah. there's what? Like, uh, 12,000, let's say, let's round up to 13,000, like, reliable altcoins. If you put a dollar into each of them, right, and every other one of them failed to the point of zero, you would still make a killing having put in your single dollar in ship. Now, I yeah, know... Very true. Uh, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin Leary, or maybe it was Mark Cuban, one of the two who was super bearish on, on crypto. Or maybe it was Jim Cramer. One of those big-faced talking heads on tv right uh made a big spectacle about crypto and they bought like 10 or 20 or 50 different cryptos a hundred dollars each um at some point in the year and then they did a a look back on period one year later now they bought crypto in like i think 2019 to early 2020 like before uh covet obviously when crypto was like roaring up and it was it was it was nice right he was buying at a high and then they looked at the returns yeah. of years later and like nine out of ten or ninety percent of them whatever it was was like down because mm-hmm. they bought at a high and the markets and, and cryptocurrency as a total were still recovering but now you know we see bitcoin racing back to the top right it went from 48 to 54, 53 overnight, 54 overnight. Very exciting stuff. And, you know, Shib's almost doubled in price in the last week. Or, or Sheep, sorry, Sheep has uh, almost doubled in price in the last week. It makes crypto a very attractive uh, investing vehicle, in my opinion. Especially, yeah, especially after Doge. I don't know. You know my, you definitely know my opinion of cryptocurrency. I love it, but... There is a lot of uncertainty in the sense that it is an extremely volatile asset. Like there are days where you can lose 20% plus of your uh, like total capital you have 
invested. Oh, and like you must for be most uh, people an investor in Cosmos. <laughs> no, I'm not actually, <laughs> but yeah, good reference. That, that speaks for one of us. Um, but like that, that's a lot of risk that a lot of people aren't yet willing to pallet. And w- with more adoption, eventually, I think we're going to see a point where things start to stabilize some, at least. And we're but, not going to have these massive twenty percent intraday swings. Whereas, can, like, it, yep, continue, go. No, I was going to say, like, uh, not not to interrupt you, but like, are we at the time period? Like, imagine this is from a historical perspective, right? Because no one's sure humanity's never experienced cryptocurrency before, but we've experienced currency before, right? Especially you know before yeah. we had fiat currency. You know, we had metal based, right? Whether it's gold, silver, copper, copper, platinum, bronze, whatever. Are we yep. at the Bronze Age of cryptocurrency? Whereas it might not matter 10, 20, 30 years from now, it might not matter if you were buying $100 worth of gold or $100 worth of bronze or $100 worth of zinc, right? 10 years from now, mineral prices are going to be up just like mm. crypto prices would I, would be in theory. Do you think like that's too far of a stretch to, yes, to imagine and- or or do you think there's there's some risk involved in picking I, the crypto I think that's a... A good reference, but I think a slightly better one would be comparing it to like the dot com boom. Okay, I like that. I like that. You you could have invested in quite a number of companies. Like, for example, off the very tip top of my head, you could have invested in like Dell, HP, and Apple. And you also could have picked a few other random ones. And a lot of computer companies failed, whereas a lot actually did fairly well for themselves. They may not have been like home runs like Microsoft and Apple, but they may be a pretty good producer of Or or, or Amazon. Sure. They may be a pretty good market competitor. Like there's a lot of room for the middle guys. And the big thing uh, that cryptocurrency has an attraction of is like being unique and being able to like service a specific need, whether it be financial or just like legitimacy based, because it does have the added blockchain on top of it, which is a very good organizational slash like searching network. You can like find and follow things quite easily should you build the infrastructure around it to do so. Definitely. Like I don't think anyone, even if they're they're bullish or they're bearish on cryptocurrency, I don't think anyone can deny the technological improvements and advancements caused by blockchain blockchain technology exactly like there's with with it it gets rid of the whole needing to spend 95 dollars to send money overseas and then all of a sudden it takes 26 days to actually show up for some reason like what the heck is that i may as well have just mailed a envelope full of money like what the hell i think i mean this is 2021 like Like, why 2021 you should be able to snap your fingers and have your money somewhere else like i never own the money to begin with, so giving it should just be like a simple transaction of of literally zeros and ones. Like just the exactly. the imaginary money comes and out of my this account is what and instantly has evolved years. To. Yeah, at, at the exact yeah. like at the 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 speed of email. Like that's what I want. Like the fact that America still trades on a T minus two selling date system like blows my mind. Like it takes two days I to know. close. Are you kidding me? Like. I don't know. Uh, I think what yeah. a third, no, a quarter, a third of like volume is day trading. You're telling me millions and millions of transactions are happening on such a latency that it the system takes two days to track and it's always behind. Like there's like not even getting into the problems with the SEC and the filing regulations, right? 
but the filing regulations can only get like even if they were optimized today on a t minus two system it's still too late as far as market news goes right like imagine if you get all of your prs two days late i wouldn't trade would you i know no 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 i I would not it would be very safe yeah it'd be very safe spy like it would just be etfs or probably amr right like let's be honest like uh, we did, we did some, we, we released some DD on AMR. Uh, I got in and back in like yeah. the, the 35, $38 range. And it's, you know, top 62 today, uh, what, like a month, month later. So like that workforce, that workhorse is, is unstoppable, especially with its coal and it, it's steel. Uh, it's really great DD. I definitely check it out. Uh, recommend checking it out. If you haven't seen it on our Twitter, uh, come hit us up on the discord. And, and check it out uh, for just AMR phenomenal. I, I'm really bullish on the company itself, but like I wouldn't trade anything. I wasn't incredibly long-term bullish on if I couldn't see news for, for two days. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's just silly. Like it, it's such a, a handicap, you know? Yeah. Plus it's just like last episode, I got a little ranty and I will not apologize. Uh, for the day trading rule and needing 25k in a, in a retail account before you can day trade. Yeah, you're you're like it Not really yet. just hamstrings you're the good company there. Uh, like lower net worth people. Exactly. Like, so you you avoid the margin like, account. You go to the cash account, but your cash takes two days to settle. So you're still trapped in a non-day trading position at the end of the day, right? Like and if you have a thousand dollars, just argues they're trying to protect you, which is yeah. like maybe fair, but like you protecting us is actually just holding you back. No, they're not protecting us at all. Well, it's just annoying because it's like, yeah, I don't. Even if they are, don't tell me what to do with my money. Yeah, like if you know. I can go to a casino. Nobody's protecting me from going and to a not casino. Not to be political, but like if the government's not going to take such a far stance as to like mandate masks, right? Like in the middle of a global pandemic, we have a life-saving technology. Like you're anti-mask, you're pro-mask. I don't care. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about mandates, right? Like if the government believes the science shows that masks are better, then implement it everywhere. But they're not because the government's not there to protect you. The government's there to win your vote. And because not enough people care about what's happening in the market in the SEC, it doesn't affect votes. So lobbyists who give millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars to to Congress have a huge, a much bigger impact than any retail trader, i.e. taxpayer, i.e. voting citizen has on the political environment in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to hear me bitch about the government, you can listen to the last episode. This episode, I want to talk about options and oil. Well, before we get into that, yeah, I think we were talking about something else almost as volatile right now, which is oil Natural and gas. gas. Yeah. Now, yeah, Tim, you said the uh, gas or oil sands in where was it Ontario? in Al- in alberta We're yeah so th- alberta. there's uh quite a bit of uh let's say competition going on in the oil game right now and it's it's pretty ruthless if i'm honest uh, it almost seems as if a couple com- uh, countries rather are banding together to uh produce oil at a very very low cost 
And this sort of underprices the the profitable levels for a lot of the refineries uh, here in Canada and as well as the United States. So, so much so that it's actually cheaper to import oil from overseas than it is to extract it in our own backyards here. Ah, pulling the old carny. That's what I call it. Well, I mean, what you just described was OPEC. Yes. Right. I mean, the oil producing. Yeah. I mean, they've been around. This is, they engineered like a, they're the reason there's, there was a shortage because they stopped producing as much. They they are the old guys on the block. That's for sure. 70s oil crisis. I I would Uh, feel fairly confident. It used to be that we would control oil prices by, uh, you know, manipulating them, but then they all banded I would f- together, started controlling oil prices themselves. I feel fairly confident OPEC. that even if you're not like an active day trader, you probably have heard of OPEC. Like, even if you don't care about the stock market, which one you're not listening to this podcast, I'm not talking to you. But everyone drives a car. Everyone's been affected by gas prices. Everyone knows about OPEC. If they, they don't know what OPEC is. That's fine. But they know OPEC. Like they've heard the word before. Yeah. They could be listening just for our beautiful voices, That's Major. A, I'm very true. Maybe they're not interested in the stock market what if I at all. Talk yeah. like this the whole time. It's these luscious pipes they come from. Oh, forward. then they'd probably be listening to <clears throat> they'd probably be listening to white. Joe's episode on repeat. That's uh Joe aka the lunchbox <laughs> plays because he makes you money to buy lunch. No, uh, that's our technical analysis episode. I would fall asleep listening to it. There's a lot of studies out there that talk about how your brain learns while you're sleeping. And what better <laughs> way to to wake up knowing your support and resistance lines and VWAP and, and all the fun stuff in between that we talk about in the episode. A great episode, by the way. I just, uh, I've listened to it multiple times. I just love it. Even if the information is not new, it's still very informative and it's good to get a reminder right because there's so much information that gets thrown at you from a learning perspective like you have to try to remember as a day trader or as a, uh, an active trader and then the market throws uh, a million bits of information at you on, on a daily basis so it's nice to have a refresher and you're like oh yeah that's right so yeah i really enjoyed the episode and i'd be lying if i said i didn't listen to it for joe's uh, maple syrup voice <laughs> Tim I, has the I have a maple syrup voice. voice. Joe's got that nice, that nice bourbon voice. Ooh, the nice, that uh, bourbon so voice. Got a crush. I like <laughs> you know, uh, I won't deny it. So you were uh, mentioning not only oil but also natural gas, yeah, right? Yeah, Tim? and uh, the thing with natural gas is the demand for it is actually skyrocketing so much so that uh, the the prices uh, for the futures contracts in Europe are up over 500% so far this year. And this is actually the highest level now. Uh, they, they just closed uh, in September at the highest level since 2008, which was the uh, previous uh, Holy housing shit. market crash that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Rich new, new decade and, highs. That's incredible. And I'm not sure if you're looking at a chart right now, Major, but I'm pretty sure today it had quite the gain as well. Yeah, it was up nine uh, percent, I think, something like that. I mean, I uh, nine nine percent. I invest in NRGU, the triple leveraged um, Direxion oil gas and or oil and natural gas uh, clinical ETF. I know it's not ETF; it's like a closing fund or whatever. But Ooh. it's um, Ripping. it's times three leveraged, and it's my baby. And ooh, boy, is it treating me well. You do. You're doing good today, I suppose. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's been doing great. I bought some more shares when it, it did down uh, under one ten. But yeah, I mean, like the the natural gas prices are are incredible, right? Over five hundred percent this year in Europe alone, like you were saying. And it's not even winter yet. It hasn't even gotten cold. Well, I mean, I live in Florida. It's never cold here. But I'd imagine, yeah. you know, it's only October. I'm sure some places are starting to get Rub cold. Rub it in, why don't But you? it hasn't gotten really cold. Oh, no, no, no. I'm getting no, chilly Tim, here. No, Tim. Don't you fucking come at me with that, Tim. I have offered you. I told you the house across the street is up for sale. If Sheeb and Dodgecoin aren't quite volatile enough for you, try weekly options. What is an option? It's all Greek to me. Well, an option is... <laughs> 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 that was a good one. That was uh, really good, that's, Major. Uh, that's exactly why <laughs> I tuned into this podcast. <laughs> Yo, I put the double D in dad. I put the D D in dad. Why are you no, putting no, no, the no, D's in dad? D-D. The dad has two D's in the word, and due diligence is called D. You're double yeah, D-ing, D-ing a dad? dad. I don't know. Your dad My has D, double D D's. Has is already jokes. in dad. Yo, uh, I don't know about dad, but like <laughs> the D in dad stands for do, and the last D in dad stands for diligence, and I think the A in the middle stands for asshole, which is what you are, Patrick. A boom. Do and diligence. Do and go. diligence. I love it. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so what are options? <laughs> An options contract is a option to buy 100 shares at a specific price. So when you buy a call option, you have the option to uh, buy that stock at that specific price. So let's say you have a $20 call option. You can buy that stock for $20. If the stock goes up to $50, you would make $20 or 50 minus 20 which would be 30 dollars per share and it always comes in lots of 100 so you would make three thousand dollars on that single and that's different which obviously would be really good and that's different from futures right because futures uh you're agreeing to buying 100 shares at that price of that date whereas options give you the uh, the option, but not the obligation. I think that's the the clever term you'll see online when you're you're googling or researching how to do options. Right, you'll see the option, but not obligation to purchase a hundred shares, and that's called exercising. Right. right? Yeah, if the futures contracts are usually for like commodities, I believe. At least that's right, when right. I've seen them. So, and that's like you're agreeing to buy this at a in the future for a certain price and that's due to mostly for people who like let's say i'm going to sell corn and i want to guarantee that i can sell my corn for this specific price if it goes up then i'll sell half my corn for this price and half at the market price and if it goes down i'll sell half for this price and half at the lower market price and so basically it's like a hedge against future prices for farmers or other commodity traders that makes sense i like that but the key point is like with futures you have to it's a contract and options and options it's an option you don't have to you can let it expire zero yeah like if i had a uh a spy call twenty dollars out of the money that expires tomorrow i'm not obligated uh to to get a second mortgage on my house to buy 100 shares of of spy that's twenty dollars out of the money right now so that's nice. Right. And even though, uh, even like if you have, <clears throat> even if it's in the money, you have the option still not to exercise 
or make money on it if you want. I mean, generally, brokers brokers will automatically exercise and sell the shares for you, so you get the the difference. No, like we were talking about this in the Discord. You said something like, uh, unlike in real life, you you never want to exercise in options. Am I getting ahead of our, Am I getting ahead of ourselves here, or, right. or can, so, can we briefly go over this? A little bit. I mean, we've barely covered strike. So the strike price is what you would pay for so basically that's what you have you have the option to buy at that price or in the sense of a put option you would have the option to now, sell at that let price. me let me specify here kind of break down the the format uh patrick knows what he's talking about i do not so i'm going to ask a lot of questions uh hopefully these are the same questions that you're asking yourself and if not if i missed a question again shameless plug for our discord join our free discord and start talking about it ask ask away yeah ask the experts <clears throat> so greeks or strike prices so, specifically uh, well yeah so strike is the price you have for that option whether you're buying or selling a call or a put the easiest way to describe it is that you when you buy an option you own the control of those shares at that specific price so you can think of it a lot like leverage which is that if i buy that 20 dollar call option that i referenced earlier for two dollars my leverage is now 10x basically i'm paying two dollars for control over shares at $20. So it only cost me $2 to control a $20 share. What's that cost called? Is it, does it have a name? Is it a premium? Yeah, premium. Premium is the cost that you pay for that option. For the contract, yeah. So you control those shares at that given strike price. And that can determine your leverage. There's uh, three things that people typically use to describe options as well. That's DTE, OTM, and ITM are the basics. DTE is your dates to expiry. OTM is out of the money. ITM is in the money. So DTE, you said dates to expire. That's the expiry date, right? Like the number of days you have remaining until the expiry date of the option, yeah. Yeah, basically, if it was 45 days from now, you would say I have a 45 DTE option. So is is generally a longer uh, expiry better to have or a shorter expiry? Like, do you want to have more days until expiry or less, generally? Or what are the advantages of each? Well, it all comes down to what you're looking for, yeah, for a specific stock. And so the longer your days to expiry, generally the safer you are. You're also going to have less leverage, so you're premium is going to be more expensive but it will also decay less with theta which i'll get into say, later uh, uh basically an easy way to think about it is that the longer the option is the more like owning common shares it is so you can kind of think the, of owning the more time you have to be right right well you can kind of think of owning 100 shares as owning an option at the money that never expires it's almost the same and your leverage would be one because you're paying exactly the amount that it is. Whereas if you get weeklies, you can get something at the money. Like I think, you know, a spy weekly at the money is probably like $5 or something like that. I haven't checked recently. Five, six bucks uh, per share. So, but 
you're controlling shares that are worth that's probably like a 75 80 percent or times yeah you're controlling shares that are worth 460 dollars so the leverage is like some quick math on that is like one to 150 ish you can do the math if you if it's on yeah if someone somebody cares, could do that math. The calculator knock it out real fast yeah it's a lot <clears throat> and so uh obviously you know it goes up a dollar you're in the money a dollar and you make a hundred dollars basically or a dollar per share and one of the things i've been learning recently uh is in the money versus out of the money do you want to talk a little bit more about that patrick right so out of the money if you buy something that's out of the money it's going to be generally higher leverage but also higher risk because you're buying something that has no what we would call intrinsic value. There's no like if it if nothing else changes for the entire time until expiry, it'll be worthless because there's no value in it. If you control shares of spy at five thousand dollars, that's a worthless option if it's below five thousand dollars at the date of expiry. The further out of the money you you are, the more risk. But also the and higher cheaper, the leverage. Right. Generally. Like if I had if I had twenty bucks to spend on a call, I'd go way out of the money. Yeah, so you get more leverage. I'd have to to be able to afford anything, and I'm most likely gonna be wrong, right? Like even if your your TA is phenomenal, right? Just right being that far out of the money to afford like you know a spy option at twenty dollars out of the money, you have to go way out of the money, and you're probably not gonna be right. And this isn't obviously financial advice, but just being from personal experience, I wish I had just saved that twenty bucks and then bought a closer out of the money call maybe a dollar or two off for spy right and so you'll get the closer to the money you are the safer so you can even buy like deep in the money options and it basically trades like a margin position the way you can figure that out is with the greeks so there's three main ones for the beginning options trader and that's theta delta and vega Theta, much like margin, you could think of your theta as your interest that you're paying for the control of those shares over time. And this is one of the reasons that close expiries are the most risky. That's because theta is generally the highest in the last 45 days of an option. It really spikes up. And so if you get weeklies, you can look at your theta and like, let's say you pay a dollar for control of that share, but your theta is at 20 cents. Well, you're losing 20% every day if everything remains the same. You know, if the price doesn't move up at all. Just an interest Yeah, that's just interest that you're paying for the control of that share. You're basically borrowing those shares at the strike price and theta is your interest that you pay. Your delta is how much your option will move with the underlying stock moving $1. So if my delta is 0.5, so let's say I paid a dollar for it and the underlying stock that I bought goes up $1. Well, now my option is going to be worth about 1.5, which is a 50% return. If that happens over one day and your theta is 0.2, well, great. You made 30%. Now, if it would be more profitable if I bought 100 shares then at that point, right? Because if I'm from understanding this correctly, if I bought 100 shares common stock, they would have a delta of one. Right, basically. But you're forgetting that we're talking about percentages rather than okay. gross returns. So if it's a $10 stock and it goes up $1, then that's only 10%. Whereas if you bought an option for it and it goes up $1 and then you get delta, that would be $0.50 cents to every dollar, which is 50%. 
The third major one gets a little bit harder to kind of conceptualize, and that's Vega. And your Vega is the amount of value that your option has based on the implied volatility, or IV. There's a Vega value, and then you multiply that by the percentage of IV. And your IV is basically like how volatile a stock is. Your Vega is the price per percentage of implied volatility. So do I want a higher or lower Vega? Well, the thing to know about implied volatility is that it's good to buy low and then uh, sell high. Okay. Because generally, if it's already high, the price of it moving is already being priced in. In the Delta or? In the Vega. Oh, it's already priced in the Vega. In the Vega, yeah. So they've already priced in the volatility of the movement. So if you're trading a highly volatile stock, it'll have high IV. This is especially useful on like certain events. If there's a known event happening, then IV is going to go up. So basically like people might think, oh, it's a really good time to buy a call option now right before their earnings call because it's going to swing a lot. But it's already been priced in that it's going to swing a lot. So your IV for the day before the options call might be like 130% and the IV for the day after the options call might be 50%. And so you'll lose all that Vega. So if it does nothing but go up a lot, then your Delta won't cover your Vega. Like let's say it goes up $2, your Delta is... 0.5 so it goes up one dollar total but then the iv collapsed 70 percent and then the vega wipes out all your delta gains and that's what's known as iv crush almost you could be right and still be wrong at the end of the day like you can be right on paper and wrong in your portfolio right. like you still be negative yeah. at the end of the trade right yeah so it's different from trading just common stocks because in common stocks if right. it goes up you make money but if uh with options it might be priced in already that it's going to go up one actually vega covers both so it can go up or down and that's already priced in so if i have let's say i'm looking at stock xyz it's november 1st they have a catalyst november 30th november 30th of the end of the year right so i'm looking for an option and i think i think stock xyz is going to go up because of the catalyst at the end of the month I want to pick an option that's at least 45 days out, DTE. Well, preferably more than 45 days because the theta increases the most in the last 45 days. Yeah, so you you would be almost looking 45 days after the catalyst day. Right. So almost 90 days out. Have you gotten at least this much major? Is uh, the three main Greeks, DTEs, OTM, ITM. This makes a ton price? of sense. I can't wait to like as well as dive more into it. Because this is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And like you... You get a, you get a taste of the gains, right? You turn two hundred dollars into four hundred dollars uh, in an hour, in a good hour on spy, and and you want to know more. You want to figure out like why the price is moving this way. It's so unique and so interesting. The only option I want to really explore right. at the moment because I need to like let all this sink in uh, is the option to like. And subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it, to share it, uh, to tweet about <laughs> it, to follow us on Twitter, right? Uh, and the option to join our free Discord, right? And the better option to upgrade to get more premium DD. I'll leave with one further caveat, which is that options are highly volatile and extremely risky. So be careful and know what you're doing. Does someone want to cue the outro? Somebody should cue the outro. And cue the outro. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Roots Report by Roots Research. Everything discussed in this podcast should be considered to be disinterested commentary between the hosts, and this is not financial advice as we are not financial advisors. Please be sure to share and follow us on Twitter and Spotify, and even join our Discord. Links are in the description below. This has been Roots Research, and stay rooted.